It is another episode of What Do I Do Now? This is the follow-up with Cat Polavoda, and we had a lot of great fun on this one. We talk everything from the election. We talk business ownership. We talk leadership qualities and styles and, you know, just really taking that next step in brand building and, and ultimately getting to that execution stage that some people get hung up on, even myself with this podcast. So with no further ado, this is the follow-up with Cat Polavoda. On November 8th, 2020. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. We're doing really well on this end. Um, how are you doing? This that's the that's the better question. How are you? I'm okay. I mean, I don't know. It's been a very weird week with like a pretty nice ending to it all. I don't know. Um, but overall I'm fine. All right, so my first thing I want to bring up is there's something that we taped our episode back in September, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. So yeah, it's been a minute. So you, the shop has been busy since then. I actually saw you had a partnership with Target, and I definitely want you to share that um, right right about now. Sure, yeah. So um, I was approached about doing, like, a sponsored, I don't know, feature for the shop. Um and sorry, you can hear my cat in the background. Um, a sponsored <laughs> shop, uh, sorry, a sponsored video for my shop, um, which like I hadn't done before, but it felt good to do. Um, I got to talk about the things that I, I like about Target, um, which was nice because I do, I mean, you know, like hometown brand um, and they're doing not everything, but they're doing a lot of good stuff for plus size um, kind of prominence within their stores. So it was nice to be able to, to um, have that opportunity for like to be on a bit of a broader platform for the shop um and it felt like a like i don't know i'm picky with like who i want to collaborate with and what i want to do but it felt good you know absolutely and it you know another part of that was now this was kind of like the host platform for it so was that kind of a just like a deal breaker of like how you wanted it rolled out or was it just like it was kind of packaged together and that's okay we agreed to it yeah, so it's like Target, like they collaborated with Target and then they reached out to me. Um, and it all like looks good and looks and felt good, you know? So um, I was happy to do it. Great. So there's one thing I definitely want to revisit from the podcast episode that I kind of want to dig a little deeper on. So oh. when it comes to your customers and um, how they've had to adjust, of course, with your how you are putting everything back online and Unfortunately, you're not able to do the same style sessions that you once had inside the shop. How are they making the difference for you right now? Because I'm seeing numbers are going up all over the country, and it's, it looks really, really high up there. I was looking at your tweets a little while ago. So, bad. Yeah. 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 Um, everything's different. So, like, I have been – so um, my storefront is closed and has been closed since, like, March 15th or 16th and will be closed for – I mean, I think we'll probably be close to spring, um, but we've been selling things on Instagram stories on our website. And then I actually have been doing appointments in the shop, okay. um, shopping appointments and style sessions. But I, I will probably, um, I'm really interested to see what happens. I think that our government will probably, our state government will probably do another shutdown. I mean, I think they should. Um, so that will just have to, I just have to adjust. Like it's a time where I feel like we're not able I'm someone who likes to be able to control things and there's just like a lot not in my control right now. And I think I just have to like be okay with that and um, kind of adjust course accordingly. And I think like, I don't know, my shop customers are so great and are very like understanding. And I think our, I'm, I think I shared with you, like I'm pretty cautious about COVID. I think I'm on the more, not the most cautious, but like the more cautious side of all of like the spectrum of people's comfortable 
comfortability with risk around COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And I think my customers, most of them are also like kind of there with me. So that makes it a little bit easier um, because it's not, I mean, I haven't had anyone say like, how dare you be close? You know, everyone is like really supportive of the decisions I'm making. So that feels good. Good. That's definitely a, a major thing to have. Because um, at the end of the day, when you're a boss, you just hope you have enough, you know, business still coming in and it looks like you've done really well. Um, I have a question, though, that I'm just now thinking of. So in regards to, you know, I, I hear she's, she's singing in the background. She just she wants a little love, too. So hello to your cat. We, we, we send love to cat and her cat um, right now. Yeah. So the question is, when it comes to being a business owner and as self-made as you are being your own boss, um, how did that leadership come about? Have you always known, like, I, I got to be in charge of my own destiny? Or was it just something you kind of like, okay, I think this is something I can look into. I can possibly grow into who I am now. Or was it just like you've been since birth been like, and ta-da, I'm a boss. Everyone else has got to catch up to where I was. I mean, I don't know. That's like a, a, a good question. There's a lot to, I don't know exactly. I think um, I've always been like, kind of a little bossy and I've always like known what I wanted and like worked toward that. But mm -hmm. I think it took a while for me. I didn't think that I'd open, you know, like some people when they're young are like, oh, I'm gonna have a business, it'll be great. Oh, it's my sister just popped on. Um, hey, Lily. Lily. Um, you know, like, oh, I'll open a business. That's not something I really thought until I was like a little later on in life and had kind of worked in um kind of my like regular first career path and then sort of um saw like oh i'm working really hard and doing a lot for like other people and other organizations like and had that thought of like well what if i like put all that energy into my projects and like my business um and it was a slow like we talked about in the podcast it wasn't just like i snapped my fingers oh now i have this shop it was like oh five years ago i started this thing and it kind of grew and grew and grew slowly until it got to a point where it felt like i could you know turn my like side hustle into my main hustle not have any other jobs and be focused um on this of course and when it comes to the point of execution what it was there any like pushback in your own circle or was there any personal doubt because taking a big step on to like all right i'm gonna still do what i need to do but this dream has to get funded and then once the funding came and it's just like where you are now it didn't happen overnight it wasn't a quick snap your finger situation at all and as someone that's seen from the sidelines it's like oh this is built from yeah. cash closet to now we got cake reselling mm -hmm. unfortunately Due to COVID, you're not actually open to open the second location yet. Yeah. So I, still, I definitely, it's going to happen. But um, when it comes down to the execution part of the dream, the plan, what was, what did that look like? You, what did that look like for you? And how did you navigate through that? I mean, I think like, so I feel like there's a couple of things here. Like the timeline, I feel like it's so hard to have your timeline right. And I think I probably didn't have my timeline totally right. Like I think I left my full-time job in New Orleans to like pursue growing my shop, maybe a little too early. Um, okay. There was just a couple of years where things were like really tight. Um, and I, I think that maybe I could have like executed that differently. But there's also something to be said for like, you can't, um, 
continue to do something on the sidelines forever and like hope that it becomes the thing. Like sometimes you just have to decide like, oh, I'm taking a calculated risk right now and like, I'm gonna just kind of jump. Um, and I've done the homework to like, hopefully support this jump, but like it has, I'm just, it's gonna happen. So I think it has to be a, a mix of both. And it's like hard for people. I mean, I don't think I totally, I've done it right all the time. It's like hard to know what the right balance of that is. And then I think, I mean, generally, I think folks have been really, really supportive of me. I do think that there is always like a, there's like a, um, a comfort and a safety in kind of doing a traditional path. And I think anyone who deviates from a traditional path, like there's always people who might question that or um, wonder why you might do that. And so oh. I, I think that there's been a little bit of that for me, just like there would be for anyone, but I will say, um, I think that there folks in my world have been really supportive, just really supportive of what I'm up to. And part of that, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, but I think part of that is like, it was because like my work with cake and just kind of my work in general has been very slow and steady in like a very specific direction. It like mm -hmm. came as no surprise to people. Like when I wanted to open a brick and mortar shop, it was like, oh, of course, it's like, this feels like the natural trajectory. Like yeah. what yeah, yeah. I think like sometimes I give the analogy, like if I had, you know, started a crowdfunding campaign and said, like, I'm going to open a veterinary clinic. People will be like, what? <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, there's nothing yeah. in your life that, that sets you up for success in that space. But, like, because I had been, you know, like, selling clothes slowly and then talking about stuff on, on, on social media and then kind of growing in small, slow and steady ways, like, when it got to a point where it's like, oh, no, here's the time. I'm, I'm ready to open my first brick and mortar shop. Like, it was a very logical decision. And I think... Um, people were really supportive for a lot of reasons, but I think one way or one one of those reasons is that like it felt like a natural progression um, to take, and that was um, I don't know. I think part of the reason why people were happy to support. All right, so just a quick reset um, for those that are just now joining, whether you're joining on from Cat's page or my personal page. Um, this is the follow up from Cat's initial episode on my "What Do I Do Now" podcast. Mm -hmm. Incredible episode, so many jewels that were dropped, so definitely check it out, self-made. And right now, is basically, this is called the follow-up, where I'm asking you stuff that we didn't get to discuss the first time around, and because it's, like, live and real-time, and things have happened and occurred, we're just catching up on a lot of things. And, of course, this small little situation, like an election, apparently has been called as of yesterday. There's a small pushback from certain communities and things like that, but how are you feeling personally um, about the 46th president and uh, vice president-elect. Um, I will tell you, but I also really want to hear how you're feeling and being in Atlanta right now. You know, like, oh, for Georgia to flip is just so big. Um, yeah. I, the whole week I have not felt celebratory. It's just sort of been like, well, I'm just um, disappointed and mad how close the election was. It should not have been that, that close. White people yet again have failed. Um, and it just makes me think like, oh God, there's just more and more work to be done. Um, and also, so like the whole week I've been thinking, oh, there, it was looking like Biden was gonna win, but it doesn't feel like we should celebrate for just like doing the bare minimum right decision, you know? Mm -hmm. But I will say, on Saturday, I was like outside and when the election, or when the decision was called, like I was at a park with a friend and just like folks driving around and honking horns and being so celebratory. I mean, like your team wins the wins the the, the Super Bowl. Like that's like the was the vibe. This like yeah. celebration. I'm like, I feel like I'm in New Orleans. Like what is it? like that? Caught, okay. Like caught me off guard, and I really um I did get swept up yesterday, like in the celebration of it all. And I'm still, of course, relieved, but very much like, 
no, this is a, a blip of excitement. And like, let's make sure we do all we can to hold these people accountable too, you know? So right. that's kind of where I'm at. But tell me where you're at. All right. So Atlanta is a special place. And I feel that it's one of the most incredibly urban cities in the country that still has a great diversity inside of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a very much so black city. It's um, unapologetically black. We have a mayor named Keisha that's from uh, the west side of Atlanta. And, you know, to really understand the history around Atlanta for the race, at least here in Georgia, it's ultimately been decided by John Lewis's fifth district when those votes finally started getting dumped in and things like that and finally took Joe Biden from being in second to first. And now the lead has expanded almost 10,000 votes. It's incredible. Um, I was actually driving around uh, downtown, actually, and there's there's two different sides I saw. I saw the Trump trucks that were going towards uh, State Farm Arena with the flags and lifted trucks and everything and had some people in cars with you know the trump stuff all over it but there was like people i saw on the street downtown in Cincinnati park just like going in and there's different parts of i've seen in midtown atlanta people on their balconies just going crazy but the thing is for me i can't relish in that because we have two runoffs to to get to we have the two senate seats and also even before that runoff because um we had a special election um for john lewis's seat in district five the persons that ran for that um who's literally going to be there a total of 33 days uh, we have that runoff on december 1st oh and it's, it's so i've got two runoffs to still vote on so even though i would love to be in the middle of the streets i still have to activate and galvanize my community yeah. to make sure they go out and vote to make sure that if you're in district five you have to pick someone i mean i know and the thing is for some people that may not really get it, it's like we voted on November for who was going to actually start that full first term. But our governor said, right, I know you got to do that, but we need someone to still send to D.C. until that day. So that's what this runoff is for. And there were so many people. And that's really what ultimately happened to one of our Senate races. There's so many people. You're not going to get to the 50 percent plus one. So we have two people um, for that one. Um Robert Franklin and Kwanzaa Hall. And then, of course, when we get to the Senate race, which is, could dictate what our future president and vice president is going to be working with, right. you have Kelly Loeffler against uh, Raphael Warnock, and then you also have John Ossoff against David Perdue. And I'm fortunate that both of them win the runoffs, but the uh, runoff between Kelly Loeffler and uh, Raphael Warnock there were 21 candidates. It, there's like, it just got flooded with people, and it's like no one's going to reach that 50% plus one vote. So it's, it's great. It's exciting. Um, I think people are understanding that vote absolutely counts, but it's more so to a level of can we continue this momentum? Because the thing is, there's never been a Democrat that's won in a runoff. When it comes to the runoff, it, the red really shines bright. It's, okay. it, it hits different because I think they have an understanding that it's okay. We have to make sure this person gets to Washington, make sure they represent us. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that all the energy that we have, just, that we had towards the big election also falls down to this runoff. So I'm hoping it works yeah. out, but I'm also just like, you got to just get on them. You got to stay on people. And yeah. I've got people that I, I checked in with like, Hey, let's make sure either you're voting early or you're going to vote on the election day. Because yeah. we see that everything is being contested, it's where it's at. Unfortunately, like every. 
And my problem that I personally wrestle with is the idea that you have you want this recount, you want um to make sure the votes are valid and this, that, and the other, but the some of the places that okay, oh, you still you're selling votes in Pennsylvania, you're selling votes here, selling votes there. I'm like, there were still Republicans that won races in that state, so really? Like is is that is that the hill you wanna die on? But I think, well, I think we know that, like, everything, I mean, at this point, everything that, like, Trump is doing really is just, like, it's, like, I don't know, it's not for real, it's just for show, right? Like, I mean, we, I think logically, we all know, like, we know what, what what's going on here, um, but that's not, he's not a logical man, you know? <laughs> he just cares how things look like and not how things actually are. Yeah, but I see what you're, I hear what you're saying about like, yep, this is good. And also like, so like, especially in Georgia, it's like there's stuff happening right now, um, coming up very, very soon that like this energy needs to be pushed into because this is not the time to just like be happy and sit down and, and disengage for, you know, however long. Oh, you absolutely have to keep people accountable because that's the other part of politics that some people forget. Like you, you can hold your congressman accountable. Like you can see their record. You, um, they're, they're not not accessible that's the beautiful thing that yeah. i actually miss about john lewis is he met with so many people here in the city um like whenever he was in town or if you were in washington he made time for you um he was a real politician for the people and it's really you got to keep that type of energy going to where they're not untouchable they're not like they were voted for whether you voted for them or against them they represent you and you have yeah. to hold their feet to the fire they're not going to do what they say they're going to do so that's I agree. The election cycle's been long and it's nowhere near over. Like all the yeah. money they spent in Georgia, they're getting ready to really ramp up when it comes to this runoff. So it's going to yeah. be really, really interesting to see how it turns. This year is just we are really going through it, you know. <laughs> to say the least. Pandemic and an election to be it's just and, and I mean those are just two big things. There's so much other stuff happening too. It's just oh yeah, this is quite a year. And honestly, 2021 is probably going to be. I mean, it's, I think many of us are looking forward to next year, but it's not like this is all going to snap our fingers and go away. You know what I mean? Like, it's still going to be messy, but we got to find our way to kind of, I don't know, live within it. Absolutely. And the thing is, we still going to be inside 2021. I don't know if people have really no, disengaged. We, we still inside. This time next year, I mean, truly, I think yeah. it's going to be a long time. Before we get to a new normal, I think it's going to be a very long time. And the, it's the long, like the, the it's gonna take more and more and more you know if people don't like get their act together now like the choices people are making right now are gonna impact us and i get so angry at like um other businesses because i know this sucks i mean this sucks for us this is like worst case scenario mm -hmm. um but i think there are folks especially like i there's a, there were um I'm in Minnesota, in Wisconsin, there are a lot of really vocal, like bars, restaurants, um, pushing back against um, the orders that the Wisconsin governor was making about masks and, you know, restaurant rules and, you know, COVID safe stuff. Um, and a lot of what they were saying was like, you know, let people make decisions for themselves. Like we were making so little money, like we need our doors to be open so we can survive. But what I don't think people understand is like, even if there weren't any rules, like coming down from above, like, people still would not, like your business wouldn't be booming. We're not in a space where business is booming. And if it was booming, guess what? Folks are gonna get sick, you're gonna get sick, and then business will not be anything, you know? And I just, it's like, people are sh so short-sighted and I get so frustrated with folks to think that like, you know, it's like now's the time we need to be buckling down and be safe because the, the 
quicker we can get our acts together, the, the more quickly things can get back to, I mean, not, I mean, I've been saying new normal. I don't know. It's going to be different, I think, forever. Um, but hopefully closer to like what we, what we've been used to, you know? Definitely. Cause I mean, the new normal is, it's so, you can't define it because no. the normal we oh. had is in a space of, okay, like we, we didn't really think about the next person and being six feet and socially distant, this, that, and the other. We had never considered that. Um, whether it be going to the grocery store, whether it be going, you know, to schools and things like that. That was so foreign to us. Yeah. Like normal, you're sick, you put a mask on to protect other people. Here, we've never done that before. You can't tell grown ups what to do. We're, we're a country where I'm like, I have a choice. I got the Declaration of Independence, I got the Bill of Rights, I have. I, I have everything behind me. Oh, you can't take my guns. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of things. Like, we aren't used to being told what to do. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part of it because at the end of the day, you they've now tried to, you've discredited Dr. Fauci. I think Dr. Fauci was the last real person on the team. The CDC have been compromised. I mean, this small little man was literally trying to make sure the world is safe. And y'all saying, well, if I get reelected, I got to fire him. Ugh. What? It's just, there's just so much wrong with, the direction things have gone. I'm um, hopefully we can start heading back on the right direction. But at the same time, especially when it comes to businesses, um, it's bad. It's is. I understand the bottom line has to be met, and I know everyone's got bills. I know, especially when it comes to businesses, like the power company's not like here and like, okay, well, your foot traffic's down, so you don't have the same amount of customers, you're not bringing the same income. I don't think anybody's uh, bills outside of like maybe your car insurance, like, okay, we understand you're not traveling as much. Here's a, here's a piece back. But I mean, that just doesn't happen anymore. We're, we're in a different area and a different age. So something yeah. that I want to ask about like the pandemic um, in your business is more so in the regards of how you've made adjustments that have worked that you wish you probably would have caught before the pandemic. Like, is there something that you grabbed? And I'm like, oh, I should have been doing this. Like, was there something you could have added to the, I guess, business plan that had to come up, had to come about now that originally wasn't even on the table? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't, uh, as I think of an answer, like, I'm thinking, I've been really trying to use this time to, like, experiment and, like, practice stuff because it's like, well, I mean, I think if now it's like, if we're going to be innovative, now's the time to like have a little more room to try things. Um, I also think too, like, we are okay. Like we're not going to close, like we're not doing good. And I think that that was my, like, um, I had to come to terms with that. Like, you know, thinking about the, like, these Wisconsin business owners that have so much to say, like no decision is going to make us be making the same amount of money we were making last year. There's nothing that can happen. Like it's a pandemic. Our expectations all have to shift. And so like my expectation now is like, I just need to survive like growth delayed, you know, like, like saving all this money delayed, you know, just making it like, that's like the main goal. And I think like adjusting expectations has had to be necessary. Um, in terms of like specific things like, Oh, I should have been doing that before. Um, I don't know. A lot of it, some of the things we're doing, I'm like questioning whether we'll be able to continue that once um, the shop reopens. Like we are just posting, I mean, just so much stuff on Instagram stories. And we always were selling through Instagram stories, but it was more like, I would say maybe 20, 30% of my sales were there, not probably 20. And then it would just serve really as a marketing tool to bring people in the store. But now, mm -hmm. I mean, 70% of what we're selling is on from our Instagram story, probably. Wow. That's it estimate but you know so um i think the way we are like um the way we kind of 
put together our Instagram stories is like something that we're, we're like getting more creative because we're doing it so much. Like, so I have one employee right now, Pasashia, and her and I are just like, we are doing all kinds of different things to keep it, to keep it fresh and keep it interesting. And recently I was like, we should probably write all these down. Like we should probably, you know, have list these out for ourselves. So in six months when we're bored, like trying to think of creative ways to display stuff, like we have these things top of mind, you know, another specific thing that I would mention is, um, I've been doing shopping appointments. So like, I've always done styles, excuse me, I've always done style sessions, which are like an opportunity for people to come in. Um, I pull a rack of clothes for them based on what they've shared about like their sizes, their style and their goals for our time together. And then mm -hmm. I sit with them for an hour and a half while they change. We talk through everything. It's like personal shopping style consulting kind of together. Um, mm -hmm. But now I've been doing just appointments where someone puts a deposit down. They do tell me a little bit about their sizes and styles and I just pull a great rack of stuff for them and they're on their own in the fitting room to try it all on. And I had kind of thought about doing something like that prior to the pandemic, but I never, I thought it would be too much work or I thought like I wouldn't, I don't know. I thought that I would need to know more about people in order to pull good stuff. But what I'm learning is like, really, I just need to know your, like your size and the kind of things you're looking for. And I can have a really fun rack of things pulled for folks. So I think that that is something that I will keep up in some capacity. Like once things are back to whatever our new normal is, cause it's really fun. Um, folks really enjoy it. And I really enjoy it too. It's like, a, it feels like a mini version of uh, the, like the style session service that I've been offering for forever. All right, so there's two way. There's two questions I want to just piggyback off that. There's two things I noticed in the question. So, yeah. um, for those that don't know, I really just whatever Cat is going to tell me, I'm listening to what you tell me, and I'm going to deviate from there. Okay, so part one of this, and this is is what I've learned, is like you get so excited talking about your brand, about like your baby. How do you keep that excitement? Because I know there's some days you're just like. Well, damn, it was just like it did something that you may have put a lot of energy behind didn't necessarily get the yield or the traction that you wanted. Mm -hmm. to. But how are you keeping yourself energized about your own personal brand? I think um, it's like when you are doing I think just, like I, I think my whole life I've with my work, I've just been trying to get closer and closer and closer to like what feel where I feel like I'm doing the most of what I love. I don't think there's ever any job in the world that's everything you love. Do I like to do all my accounting stuff? No, but it's like most <laughs> of like what I'm doing really like um, bringing me joy. It really is. And so I think I'm like, I really just enjoy the day-to-day the -day work of what I do. I really like the people I serve, like the community I serve. My customers are incredible. Um, I also just think like it is, I have the ability to be creative and pivot and shift if things are a little boring. Like if we do a thing, doesn't go over well or it isn't as fun as I thought or it's not like what I expected okay I can just I mean I have the ability to within this like umbrella that is my business move or shift a little bit um and to try things that are going to help like make it a little bit more exciting you know absolutely and the second part of it is is I'm aware that you have employees you've had interns things yeah. like that so as someone that's building something as someone that is putting together their their personal brand how do you kind of navigate into buildings bringing someone into your own personal brand and trusting them to see the same vision you know to contribute to that vision and not kind of just like okay i know they need a job and they're just looking for you know an, a move that's different or something you know just change and actually commit to what you've done because from at least on the outside look looking in um the, the interns you've had have been like a one, they've been fun to work with and things of that nature, but also your employee here you have now who's on the team. Like it's it's y'all two making it happen. 
how do you find and how do you navigate and find that perfect person or the ideal person? Because I don't know if a perfect person exists, but no. that ideal person for your brand that's going to carry and represent you when you're not around. Yeah. Um, I, it's been actually like a really rewarding process for me. I mean, and I, I, I don't think, I think as I grow, this will become more of a struggle because here's the thing. If you talk to other small business owners, like one of the number one issues they have is employees. Like everyone, I mean, I'm on panels with other people and they're like, oh, it's so hard, blah, blah, blah. And I actually felt really fortunate because that has not been the biggest struggle for me at all like i have had the opportunity to work with really awesome people so we started the year with with i had three employee three employees we were a team of four and then as the year has gone on we're now down to two um and it was a little pandemic related but mostly because of other folks had other opportunities right but then as you alluded to um not this summer because we're in a pandemic but the two previous summers that i was open we had um interns and some of the people i hired actually were interns so i think that was one of the things that really served me well is like I had an opportunity to get to know people a little bit and for them to also get to know me like is what it's like to work with me do you want to work with me as your boss and also get to know the store a little bit so when there was opportunity for more um like a more structured role at the shop like they we, we all we kind of all knew a little bit more what we were getting into so that was helpful I think um another thing is like my business is just very rooted in like values. And so I think that I just, you know, finding people who know what that, what those values are and are, are happy to have that be something they also care about um, makes it easier. Uh, and I think like being um, clear about expectations is important. Cause like, you're right, there's no perfect person. I'm also not a perfect boss. Like there's no way, like no one's perfect. Um, but like, I've been really thinking a lot about the importance of like assessing work that needs to be done and like finding people whose skill sets can or, or interest at least kind of like align with those things you know so yeah I um things are good now and I think as I grow I'll have the opportunity to hire more people and I think that that will probably lead to some like heartache in addition to success I think it's impossible um for it all for everything to always work out perfectly but I will say like the folks that have left me have like moved on to different things um and i think like i have to be invested in like what's best for people and if it's like not best for you to be working with me right now then like i have to honor that um and i think that's an important piece of it all too all right so my final question and i appreciate your time once again taking time out of your very very busy night i know you are a incredible busy person just building the brand continuing to uplift the community um especially um in, in regards to like the body positivity in regards to just like social activism that you get involved with but my question is you as a boss well how would you describe yourself as a as a boss how would you do that i am always trying to get better <laughs> uh do you mean a boss isn't like a manager of people yes so as as a owner and as you delegate things how do you yeah. how would you describe you uh, well, I will first say it's not something I always do well, um, but something okay. that I think I've become better and better at. Because um, I will say, like, um, I had managed people a lot before, but when you manage something for your, like your own baby, your own business, it is it feels so different. Um, I think 
I, I hope that I'm like fun. Like I want things to be fun. Um, if it's not fun, then what are we doing? And also I'm very picky. Um, and I think people, I think the folks that work for me or work with me very quickly, like get a sense of like, Oh, yep. Cat really will not like that detail. You know, like, um, they know that I'm picky, um, but picky for a reason. Um, and I will say also, like, I have been working, I, I think and I'm, generally like a pretty high well historically I've been like a pretty high strung person but the longer my business goes on the more kind of chill I get about things um and when I hired my third employee my first employee was like oh my god this is like the third child you didn't let me close this place for six months and now this is like her sixth <laughs> week and you gave her the key and she's closing alone like, you know so like I think that um I have hopefully got a little more chill as time has gone on. And I hope to kind of continue that, like while still having really pretty intense expectations and like wanting things to be done a certain way and wanting us to be grounded in like our values and really serving our community. Like, I think that uh, in the in the places where there can be wiggle room, I want to be able to offer that because it's just like, um, it's no fun for everybody if like things are stressful. And I think that for me, it's been easier, like the longer I've had my business to just like let go a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And I don't know if I would have been able, I think it's just like a practice makes perfect thing, you know, like you right. have to practice and like see what that feels like to let go a little bit um, and learn like, oh, we're fine. Everything's good. I think that, um, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's such a process. So it's probably like a longer answer than you wanted, but. Um, no, 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 don't do that. Don't cut yourself short. Yeah. always growing. <laughs> Great. So um, before we sign off, um, I definitely saw a few comments that came in. I got to give a shout out to my baby sister. I haven't seen her so long, but uh, she's from the uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis area. Um, Jazz, if you're still on here, Jasmine Norris Marsh, I love you very much. Yes, that's yes. Um, that is uh, that's my sister. We went to Europe together, so we spent three weeks together. Baby. Um, I don't think I knew that. People to people ambassadors. It's just like our six degree separation has overlapped into so many different areas. We yeah. shout out your sister earlier. Um, I think your mom's on here. So just like oh shout out to everyone on your end. Um, you. Shout out to everyone that's uh, definitely found this via cat. But I definitely want to make sure that people that are going to watch this on my profile later know how they can reach out to you, know how they can follow you. So if you run all the info down, I know it's a mile long. It's a CVS receipt link long. But tell them anyway how they can reach you, how they can find you, how they can support you. Thank you. I love that. So it's pretty easy. I'm Kat Palavota. I own a plus-size resale shop called Cake Plus Size Resale. I co-host a podcast called Matter of That. And you can link to both those easily from my profile my profile here on Instagram. So just find me. And then in my bio, you can link to those two things. Um, and then you can from those, you can find all the websites, all the things uh, from there. Kat, thank you for an amazing part two to an amazing interview. Um, please definitely check out the entire series. But this one right here, self-made, absolutely one of my favorites. I'm not biased, but so far, it's definitely been one of my favorites to do. So thank you very much you. for this. We will get up at some point in time when the pandemic ends. Um, I don't know what food you have up there, but I'm, I just I, I'm gonna need something real, like real localized. And know you, small business champion that you are, no, you're gonna sorry. make sure we get a hack. Cool. All right, we will talk to you soon. Thank you again so much for tuning in. For what do I do now? This is the follow up with Cat Full of Oats. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Bye.